Welcome to the Sleep Fairy Way podcast. I'm your host, Jessalyn Romney, a baby sleep consultant and a mother of four. I'm here to teach you everything I know about baby sleep, motherhood, postpartum, and more. I'm so happy you're here. Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast today. It's going to be amazing. You get to hear from Rana Kaufman. Now, I did a consultation with Rana about a year ago, and her story was so beautiful and so moving. I asked her if she would be okay to do this interview and share her story because I know it's going to change lives, and I know that she is not the only one that was struggling with everything she was struggling with. So this is just a really great conversation. I loved talking to her, and I hope that her story moves you as much as it did for me. So... Let's get to it. I cannot wait for you to share your story. I was just saying that I'm trying, like, I was trying not to get emotional before it even started because your transformation is why I do this job. Like, you are the reason. (laughs) You are the reason I'm here. And I just, I, I just can't wait for you to share. So excited. Thank you so much for inviting me. (laughs) Oh, of course. Of course. You're going to change lives. Okay. I want real quick, just introduce yourself. Kind of tell us where you are, where are you from, you know, all that stuff. Oh, um, yeah. So I'm from Windsor, Ontario, Canada. I uh, am a new mom. I have a nine month old girl. Her name is Annie. And uh, she's amazing. I love her so much. Um, I found you through a friend of mine, Nada. And um, it's been it was a little bit rough for me when I had Annie, because I always thought I was gonna be super mom. Whenever I was young, I always used to say, when they would ask me what I want to be, I would say a mom. Like I'd always wanted multiple children and that's all I ever wanted to be was a wife and a mom. And then I had Annie and the birth was great. And then I got home and all it all fell apart. <laughs> I felt like I don't want to laugh but because I just know the story. And I just, I think that that happens with so many people. Like they prepare you for the pregnancy and you're being checked on the entire time and you go to the hospital and they're like, this is yes. what's going to happen. And there's nurses there helping you. And then you drive home and you're like, what now? Yeah. Like, yeah. what to do? Yeah. So, and you were like very, you are, you are not where are, you're very type A. Well, right. Yeah. Crazy. Like yeah. she, my house is always perfect. My life is always perfect. I'm, I live by a schedule. I live by a very strict routine, mm-hmm. of course, before I became a mom. <laughs> um, and it, uh, it all kind of unfortunately fell apart because I didn't know what to expect and I didn't know how hard it was going to be mentally. And then the mental aspect shocked me and then it unraveled everything else. Yep. And that's, I mean, honestly, that just shows how big of a role our mental health plays in our lives. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I, never, I never knew. I really didn't know. Well, you didn't know because you had never experienced it and nobody talks about no. it. And that's what's frustrating. And right. that's why I want you to share your story because I, I just want people to know what's coming or what can come. So you're right. prepared for it. If you knew like, okay, this might be what things look like, you would have felt way more prepared, right? Yeah, no one talks about the things that I struggled with that and it it sounds small, maybe if you're just in passing, but the things that I struggled with were so huge. And they were the they were the only things that not one person, including healthcare professionals, not one of them mentioned it during pregnancy, labor, 
postpartum at the hospital and I was there for three days. Not one person mentioned any of those things and everything else that they talked about or hadn't even mentioned in passing that I didn't research came easy. Yeah. Yep. But then all these things, other things happened and I'm like, am I the only one? It I totally makes you feel alone. Yeah. I can't be the only woman who, who, who struggled with these things. So why are, are there not more info about it? Why do moms not talk about it more? Why are there not healthcare professionals talking about it more? Yeah. So we, and I had told you this, I'm like, I'm next year in 2022, I'm coming out with a fourth trimester and a newborn 101 course to like prevent this from happening, to educate women yeah. on what can happen. But it, just whatever you're comfortable with, will you kind of tell us a few of those things that you did struggle with? Yeah. So um, obviously the postpartum anxiety was the first and that happened about four days in, I felt it the most. What did it feel like for you? What did that look like for you? Because oh, I know it's different for everyone. And I'm a perpetually, perpetually happy and positive and very bubbly, very talkative, very positive person. So all of a sudden, I was, all I could do was like sit in the same spot and moving and getting up and doing things would cause me to like freak out. Being away from my daughter would cause me to freak out. And I didn't know how to breastfeed. I, she lashed perfectly. I couldn't breastfeed. That stressed me out. And then I was crying, but not. And I was constantly, my heart would beat, beat, beat so fast that it would make me like physically convulse at, at certain points. And I couldn't sleep. So the first 32 days of my daughter's life, I was getting only 30 to 40 minutes of sleep per day. That is not, I mean, that will make anyone crazy. But like, I remember you explained it to me that um, it was to the point where like the separation from your daughter, it was like your mom and your husband would be like, oh. let hold her, you go nap. No, couldn't but do it. Put- I needed it so bad, yeah. clearly. But in my, in my head, I was like, you're failing at breastfeeding. You're failing at pumping. She doesn't sleep. And on top of all that, I didn't know how bad and how serious a hormone imbalance can be. Because as you mentioned, in my almost 32 years of living, I have never, thank God, encountered any kind of mental illness or mental struggle ever. So I didn't know how serious that imbalance could be for postpartum. And I, I thought postpartum was just postpartum depression where they talk about the worst of the worst. I don't want right. to say like too much trigger warning things, but right. I didn't have that. So I thought I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I didn't know about postpartum anxiety. You didn't and know. It's terrible. Yeah. It's it's awful. I mean, I have I've only experienced postpartum depression, but I cannot even imagine because with postpartum depression, all I wanted to do was stay in bed. Like that was is with my with my fourth, it was pretty bad. But like to the point where I was like, I don't even care. Take my baby for three days while I sleep. I can't I physically can't take care of her. But I can't imagine not being able to be like, You take her, I'm gonna sleep. Yeah. Like having literally physically shaking because you're handing her off to your husband or your mom. I can't even imagine in going the same sleep. room or like it's, just in the next room, they would sit in the living room and say, Rana, close the door and just lay in the den right there. You can see us through the glass door. She's sleeping. She's not doing anything. We're just holding her. And I would be like, okay. And then I would go to lay down and I would just convulse and my heart would beat and, and I couldn't sleep. 
I would do everything, play music, to play spa music. I was trying all kinds of different things and I was physically and mentally exhausted and I still couldn't sleep. You know, they say, oh, at a certain point, your body just shuts down. It wouldn't yeah. shut down. Oh it wouldn't gosh. shut down. For 32 days. 32 days. I can't even believe it. Okay, so that was the main, that like postpartum anxiety. That was the postpartum anxiety. Huge, huge. That but there I, were, but what you were saying about the things that were, I found really difficult throughout the first early stages that no one talks about. Um, I'll just answer that. I know yeah. you asked, say a couple things. Okay, so breastfeeding, all everyone ever told me was, oh, get the latch right and breastfeed really like you know a lot in the beginning make sure it's going to be really hard you're going to breastfeed a lot in the beginning and that's mostly all people talked about and not one person in my life maybe it's just me not one healthcare practitioner not the nurses not the lactation consultants in the hospital not other moms no one mentioned cluster feeding never no one mentioned that oh they did mention that your milk might not come in for two or three days mine didn't come in till day five or six. Oh my gosh yeah no one mentioned that like no one gave me the details of what a letdown was and it's okay if you don't feel it and if you're if you don't leak it doesn't mean you don't have like they didn't give me the details so mm -hmm. in the beginning i screwed up in the beginning i ended up writing my wrongs and hope and fixing it and, and getting on a great breastfeeding journey but honestly the first month i was supplementing so much with formula supplementing because i thought i didn't have enough milk and it wasn't working but i did once I researched and found out later that my milk production was normal, what I was feeling in my breasts was normal, not being engorged or being engorged or not leaking, you know, all the intricacies, no yeah. one talks about that. And so it yeah. scared me and I kept overfeeding her with, with formula. She was getting sick and I didn't know why. It was, yeah. So the breastfeeding thing and then the witching hour, no one ever gave you exact details. So you have to mention that. I have the witching hour. I already in January, I literally made a list of what the newborn 101 course is going to include and what the fourth trimester course is going to include. And there's cluster feeding, there's the witching hours, there's colic, there's all this stuff yeah. in there. But I just love hearing it from a mom who's been there because I want to make sure I cover all of it. So when it's, I already told Ron, I'm like, when I create this course, I'm sending it to you and I need your approval. Because I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait to see it all because if someone, I feel like, because I was explained later by a doctor that postpartum anxiety is um, usually a little bit easier to kind of manage and move on from than postpartum depression. And that a lot of women, you know, once your hormones level out, and that's true, I felt a shift at three to four weeks. Well, but that's the baby blues, that's different. Yeah, it, I shifted, but the really bad anxiety lasted till five months, but it was mainly caused by those things not knowing about screwing up the breastfeeding and not knowing about it and and then thinking until almost she was almost four months old before i realized that my breastfeeding is fine my milk production is perfect for her you know and then the cluster feeding and the witching hour when the witching hour hit and we didn't know what it was we thought it was gas we thought it was this we thought it was that i was going nuts especially as someone who's like because i'm the same way like type a if i don't know exactly what's happening why it's happening when it's going to happen i'm like oh, I can't. <laughs> right? so like I can't even imagine not knowing any of that information on your own, trying to figure it out while taking care of a newborn, while going through postpartum anxiety, while healing, like all of it. It, it was, and it's crazy because my, I thought I was going to get a handle on all this and I thought it was going to be easy because no one talked about it. So not easy, but I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm 
gonna kill this whole mom thing. My pregnancy was a dream, thank God. My labor, I was a first time mom, I had to be induced two weeks early. And I was in and out within seven hours. Like I got in, got induced, pushed, got her out in 40 minutes. Like everything was a breeze. And then you was, went home? Yeah, went no, home. I meant like um, the, the labor part. The labor, in and, oh my gosh. Like That's went and got induced and pushed her out and she were we were in postpartum at wing of the hospital within That's seven true. hours. Which is, that is the unheard dream. of for first time inductions. Right, right, totally. So when that happened, I was like, oh, I'm a warrior. Yes. <laughs> and I kept reading my husband after, and the nurses, the doctor, they were all like, wow, like that's crazy. Like that doesn't happen. Usually, first yeah. time moms, they're in there for 14, 18 hours. They push for three, they end right. up in an emergency section. So I'm like, mm. I'm an no, awesome yeah, I got this. Yeah, and then oh god, then they sh and then you know jaundice and again, oh, just so terrifying. And then the the postpartum anxiety and then all those things after I got home and I'm like I'm a terrible mom. In my head, that's what I kept thinking. And as horrible as it sounds, I'm thankfully out of it now. But in the moment, no matter what anybody would say, I kept thinking I love her so much. I know I do, but I'm not a good mom. How am I going to do this two or three more times like I wanted? I can barely do it with one and all of this help. I was never alone for one day. Yeah. And not one day was I alone. I had my mom and my dad, my husband, my mother-in-law. I wasn't even alone like some of these women, these warrior women. And I'm like, I can't do it. Yeah, I like have chills because honestly, that just goes to show, like I said, how mental health plays such a big role in your life. You can be surrounded by help but if your mind is telling you that you're the worst mom in the world, nobody can convince you otherwise. It's terrifying. It is. I can't believe that now that I, I mean, I always had friends that had, or people that I knew that had children, I had cousins and people around me, but you never really know how it is to raise a kid. Even if you meet them and you hang out with the mom and the kid through their whole life, unless you have your own, you don't really know. It's true. And I thought I knew because I raised my, cousin from from birth I did all you know I was involved in so many kids I worked at daycares I thought I knew and I didn't I had no idea the newborn especially those first four months mm -hmm. if you're not equipped properly that which I hope and I'm so excited for your course that you're going to do because I think that is going to be a game changer I hope so that's if you're not equipped I with the, so. that information it can really undo you and it can ruin it I felt like I lost those months you know, mm -hmm. you don't get those newborns. Everyone's like, cuddle and enjoy. And I tried, but I couldn't really enjoy it. You can't. Not in a good mental place. No. I, I was able to enjoy two of my four newborn phases because two of my four, I was in postpartum depression. So when I wasn't, like for my third, I didn't have postpartum depression because I was on medication from my previous pregnancy because they're so close together. And I remember being like, oh, this is what people say when they like, are happy when they have a baby because I didn't experience that with my second at all. I was yeah. deep in postpartum depression. And then with my fourth, same thing. So I've done both and you truly cannot do anything physically to change how you feel if your mental state is not in the right place. And I, I'm, you're a hundred percent correct because with all the help and all the support and as much as I kept saying, get up, Rana, you're fine, you're healthy, the baby's healthy, get up, you're good, just do it, change, you know, do the things you want to do, you hate, you want to organize, you want to clean, you want to dress Annie in something cute today. You know, for the first, like, month and a half, 
I had so many cute ideas, so many cute clothes, all this. And it was a chore. Like yeah. that's how bad it was mentally. And no one knew how bad it was because I kept trying to, only a few people knew, but most people around me didn't know because I couldn't even vocalize it. And I was afraid that every time I talked about it, that it made it truer and worse and no one was gonna understand me. And everyone was judging me, I feel like, because I had all this support and they were like, you're never alone. You have your parents, you have this, you have that. You know, they're all looking from the outside in. But as you said, it doesn't matter. Your mental state and your hormone imbalance, you can't be blamed for that. You can't, you need, you need help. You need either therapy or medication or something. Yeah. You need to recognize it and get real help. And I wish I had earlier, I wish I had known about all those things, plus the postpartum anxiety, known about that a little bit more. And I think I would have been like, okay, well, this is what it is. I didn't know what it, what it was at the time. Yeah, you couldn't label it. And then you went to your doctor and they kind of like brushed it off, right? Yeah, so at my, my uh, at her two week checkup, my daughter's two week checkup here, that's what we do. And they sent me to a general, like they had me go to my general practitioner at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a, a pediatrician. She said, well, you know, you're good. She's good. You guys are both healthy. Are you not, are you having, um, you know, bad thoughts or, you know, can you, are you unable to take care of yourself or your daughter? And I said, no, no, it's not that. Yeah. And she was like, okay, well, just, um, get some help and try to get rest and this, will, you know, and, and call me if it gets worse or if you start having suicidal or negative thoughts. Which you have have to have those thoughts to need help. And I was like, okay, again, sent me home she was two weeks old and then things got progressively worse and i didn't and because she told me that i just thought well this is all me i'm the one you're like i'm not having i'm not having bad thoughts so i'm fine yeah i just kept thinking i'm failing that's it it's not about the the postpartum anxiety that i just kept thinking that was small amounts and my hormones should have leveled out by now i just don't know how to be a mom i'm not good at breastfeeding i'm not good at momming i don't have the personality for it i don't have the clearly i don't have the energy or whatever it is you need to be that mom that you see that just gets up every morning, kids are dressed, house is, you know, done. The kids are eating a perfect breakfast. <laughs> I'm like, that's not, me. not real life. It's not real life. I want to, I would like to show you what my morning looks like so that you can feel better about yourself. <laughs> You're so sweet. Jessica. But <laughs> it, it, it was all up here. And around five months, I started to, I feel like kind of step away from it. But truly, it wasn't until she was like six and a half months old that I felt like I had left all of that behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's now, a long time to be yeah. separate. And because of all of that, all of those things, it was a perfect storm to cause my, I will say for me, bad situation of co-sleeping and nursing to sleep. So it wasn't what I wanted. It might be the right answer for so many families, and I know it is. I have so many people in my life that I've heard, or so many stories, so many people that I know co-sleep, and it works for them, but it wasn't right. working for me. And it wasn't your plan all on. along, too. Like, you had a plan, and then your oh, baby yeah. came, you were struggling, and you couldn't mentally stick to your plans. Okay, you're, you're just amazing. I just appreciate you sharing such, like, that's such a vulnerable thing to share, but I know that people can relate, so thank you for sharing that. Um, I kind of want to shift now because I want to, I want to talk about the happy part now. Um, I want to talk about when you decided, okay, I need to change. I like things need to change. I need to get help. 
Like you just, you, you look like you're glowing. Like you just look so good. And like, I've talked to you, you know, it's a sleep fairy way. That's, <laughs> that it's the way to get your life back and your mental health and oh, your sleep. So nice. And you're well, I know. <laughs> you're so nice. Well, I know that because you had told me that Nada had sent you like my information when you were pregnant or right after you she had saw, her. yeah, when I was pregnant and then when I had Annie, she saw the announcement and she sent yeah. it again. And at that time I was You like, couldn't. Yeah, I didn't even have my phone for like I don't even remember how many days where I didn't even like a phone or like an outside world didn't even register to me. Like my sister had my phone. Like I remember like a day nine or something. She's like, here's your phone. And I was like, oh, a phone. What the heck is a phone? Like, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So she sent it to me, God love her. And then she also reached out to me um, so many months later and reiterated it again. She was just checking in on me and she mentioned it again. And I was at that point when I contacted you at a breaking point. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. And you were, so you'd reached a breaking point. And then we talked, which, okay, I, like, literally, I told her, I'm like, I've never done this, but we were talking, and then I had a consultation right after, I'm like, I'm gonna have to call you back, because we have to finish. <laughs> I just can't believe you did that. I was still, I was in so much shock. I'm like, she's gonna call me back. <laughs> we, well, we were, I was, like, crying, she was crying, and I'm like, I can't just end here, like, we haven't even gotten to the sleep part yet, because we've been so focused on mental health and the importance of it, we hadn't even talked about sleep, so I was like, I'm gonna call you back. So I had another consultation, called her back. We came up with a plan, and then what happened? So it was that day. Spoke to you. It was around one o'clock my time, one p.m. in the afternoon my time, and then I said to my husband, "This is what we hung up with you. I had written it all down, and I said, this is what she wants us to do. This is what we're going to do. Let's do it tonight.'" And we did. It was a lot of change. I mean, it was moving like everything back into her room, right? And I, we decided to have my husband do the first of the training because I was breastfeeding and I wanted a little bit of space. And that night she fell asleep and she slept until seven o'clock. She slept 12 hours the first night, which I know is not for every kid, but it was like just to show you how bad she obviously needed what you said, <laughs> because if it, she didn't need it as bad as she did, she wouldn't have slept like that. And she has yeah. never been, the next day, she was the happiest as I've ever seen her. I can't believe it. I like, it. I think that a lot of people, and I talk about this a lot, but when it comes to sleep training, a lot of people do it for themselves, which is great. Like, you deserve sleep. You deserve to, you know, prioritize your mental health and yourself. But, like, I think we forget how much babies need sleep, too. They oh. are growing so quickly they need that sleep just as much as we do if not way more than we do oh, way more. Because of how fast they're growing and changing and so when people are like oh I don't want to do it whatever I'm like that's fine if that works for you great but your baby needs it too it's not just for you you know well, the doctors here I the doctors here in Canada uh, pediatricians if your baby isn't hitting certain milestones one of the first questions they ask is how is their sleep yeah, because if they don't sleep well enough, they can't, their brain doesn't develop as good yep. as well and as fast. And, and it can affect how they learn and progress and move on. So it, it's, it's monumental for them. And yes. again, of course, it's, I needed it mentally for me so that I could be the mom that I, I, I had inside of me. Yeah. Because I felt like I was failing and I was faking it. You know, I was really faking it. Yeah. 
And this time to myself and the sleep for me makes me a happier and better person. And I'm more present during the day and I can do more things with her. And she's getting the sleep she needs. And she's so much, she's just happy all day. She doesn't cry. She barely cries ever. She's just so happy. <laughs> that makes me so happy. And how has it been with you and your husband too? Oh yeah. I mean, we can, he, you know, he my husband works very, very long hours. We weren't seeing each other ever. Cause I was having to go up to bed when Annie went up to bed. Yeah. So I was having to get up and do bath time and then get in bed with her. And it was like a whole ordeal. And all night she was up and my husband was sleeping in a separate bedroom because he had to wake up at 4.30 in the morning. So you can imagine what that does to your um, connection. You don't speak to your partner. You're not seeing them. You're not having dinner with them. And just the days go by. And it's just, you guys become like roommates. Yeah, totally. And that's what I said to myself. I feel like I have a roommate. Yeah. Because yeah. I barely ever see you. And it's just in passing. You eat separately in the den and I scarf food and run upstairs. Right, right. <laughs> so now you know we talk we watch a show together um we do things we get stuff done around the house we have dinner together and we have we have um like a bedtime routine with annie now together so now we wait for him to come home and then we both go up and we do bath and we play in her room before she goes to bed so we have like family time okay that's so sweet I love that it's a family thing for bedtime. Yeah. That's amazing. I love the idea so much. Because it works for us. He doesn't get to see her. He comes home right before she's going to go down. So that's the time we get together. And then she goes down and we go down to have our dinner. That's so great. Yeah. That's so great. Oh, my gosh. You're amazing. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, feel like, well, I feel like I could talk to you forever, but I don't want to take up your whole morning. <laughs> I, I always, I'll just wrap it up with this one question. Oh, I guess... I could ask, I don't know if anyone has any questions. I haven't really seen any questions. I saw some really nice comments. <laughs> really nice comments. People, well, you're amazing. You're just so sweet. You're not failing, you're learning. That's all mamas need to know. Um, and a lot of people said they struggle with the breastfeeding too. Nobody knew about that. And the witching hours, like everyone can just relate to you. You're just so relatable. So I just love, love that you shared it. The, the question that I want to ask you is there are so many women out there, I think, and just parents in general who are debating should I sleep train? Should I not sleep train? And they're just kind of on the fence, but they're struggling and they don't know what to do. What would you say to that person who is struggling and wondering what, what they should do? Is it worth it? Is it not? What should it, what should they do? Yeah, I struggled with that as well because there's this fear around it and you learn um, that people, it's very polarizing sleep in general, baby and kids sleep is very polarizing. People fall on one end or the other of the spectrum and it is so important. Sleep training is so important. I would advocate for it so much. It honestly changed my life. And I was so afraid that it was going to cause like distress for her and for me. And my, if my position going from, I have in my mind, one of the worst positions for sleep training, she was way over, you know, four months old way past four months old, co-sleeping, breast sleeping, <laughs> and, and breast sleeping. That's a really great term. I think you should coin that term. <laughs> That's what I called it. I had the co-sleeping and breast sleeping and I couldn't see a way out. And I was afraid. I was so afraid that I was going to lose the little bit of sleep that I was getting because when I would put her, I would try to put her in her bed or in a passivette. It would, she would just scream and cry and only sleep for five minutes. And I kept thinking, well, Rana, 
obviously co-sleeping is working. Why would you do that? Blah, blah, don't disrupt your routine. It's working for your family. Lots of people do this. Oh, if only I knew. And I am so glad that I took, and I had, I had faith in you and in your guidance, your kind and very gentle guidance. You were, I didn't realize it could be so gentle because I think what's propagated out there is scary. You know, ooh, they're gonna scream, they're gonna cry, you're doing mental damage, but you're not. Yeah. She was fine, and now, and within a day, like I said, she fell asleep that night, and every single day after, even even if she went, she'd go, oh, but then she'd go back to sleep. She'd go down. They make noises all night, and it's Yeah, nice. she'd make like one little noise when it was time for bed, and now she sleeps through the night. So don't be, I would say, don't be afraid of sleep training. I really think people are trying to scare us. The internet is trying to scare us against it, and I don't know why. So many parents are trying to scare us. Yeah. I'm not going to do harm. The messages I get, I'm like, okay, if you would read it, you would know that it's not that way, but okay, like, you know what I mean? People, like, cry people, out and... people think it's this scary, horrific thing to do, and I'm like, sleep training is a gift. It is done out of nothing but love for both you and your baby. Yeah, I would say do it. Do it now, do it tomorrow. And even if your kid is, I don't even know how old, whatever their age, your, however old your baby is, however, whatever your family dynamic is, whatever your sleeping arrangements are right now, if it's not working, the baby's not sleeping, and you're not sleeping, then you need it. And you deserve it. And your baby deserves it. You deserve it. Whatever you deserve it. Take the time, put out, put in the work, contact Jessalyn. You need it. <laughs> you're the best. Uh, you are the best. And your, your sister, because you have a sister named Nada and a friend named Nada. She yes. said, you changed my sister's life. And I'm so thankful for you. That is so sweet, Nada. You're so great. Well, I can, like I said, I can just see the light in you. Like, I can just tell you're glowing and you're happy and you're doing amazing. And it's because you were willing to put in the work you were willing to take care of yourself and your baby and now it's paying off and I'm just so happy for you. Thank you. You're the Thank best. You so okay, everyone give Rana a million hearts because she's the best. Thank you so much for being here. I just appreciate it so much. Seriously, your story is going to change life. So I hope that every single person in the whole world can find this video and listen to your story because it's an incredible transformation and you're just, you're just amazing. Look at all those hearts coming in for you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you are the best. Okay, have a wonderful day. You and too. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. If you want to learn more about the resources I have to offer, head to thesleepfairyway.com or follow me on Instagram at the underscore sleepfairy. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.